Hey, it's Tim Clausen here from Central Heights Church. Uh, we are really trying to go deeper into prayer, and it's my privilege today to have as a guest uh, on this uh, Sarah Maynard, who is the author of this book called The Prayer of All Prayers, uh, former leader of Redleaf Ministries across Canada. And uh, Sarah, it's a real privilege to have you on and just to talk to you about prayer. So welcome. Thank you so much. It's a great honor to be here, and it's my favorite topic, so let's do it. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's going to be hard to keep it, you know, concise and not go for several hours, but um, yeah, I mean, I've known you for quite a few years, but I'd love to hear uh, about your journey with prayer and how you got to the place where it's become so important in your life. Yeah. Yeah. Um that's a that's a big question and it could take it could be a really long answer but i think to really sort of bring it into the nutshell of of um why prayer and what it has meant to me is that as a young um like just even as a young adult i was working in a ministry called the agape force in texas and um, it was a, an evangelism ministry. This was right at the end of the Jesus movement. And my husband and I came to faith during the Jesus movement, which many of you will know is really a, a move of God, a real revival in uh, right across North America. And in those days, when I was working with the Agape Force, just at the tail end of the Jesus movement, people were leaving their faith. There was a, a real movement of backsliddenness and people were wandering away from where they had been um, in, in their seeking of God and their following him. And there was a, a deep desire in my heart to see a renewal of revival. And that landed in my heart, that desire for revival. Oh God, would you move again? Would you move in power? And when you have a heart for revival, when you have a longing for revival, I think it naturally has to drive you into prayer. And that's been really my life's goal is to do what I can to serve uh, a renewal in the church and, and harvest in the nation where we see hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people come to faith. And so my life in prayer has been more driven by a desire for revival than any like just extraordinary sense of self-discipline or anything like that. Right. <laughs> so what well, I hadn't intended on talking about this at this moment, but that does remind me that you've written also a, a previous book, I believe, called Canadian Mantles of Revival. I had a copy, I read it, highlighted all kinds of things, um, and then I lent it out to somebody who I think never has returned it. So if somebody's watching and you have my book, Canadian Mantles of Revival, no judgment, just you know, return it to the church office and we're all good. <laughs> But yeah, um, what, what did you learn by going through the history of revival in Canada and, and what do we learn from that, like for where we're at today in our world? Yeah, I think that's so important um, for us to learn from our forefathers. It's a way of honoring our fathers and mothers, right? You know, we, we don't just, everything doesn't start with us. We learn from those that went before. Um, and so Canadian Mantles of Revival is um, a little bit of a summary of nine different moves of God that have happened in Canada. Often as Canadians, we hear about the Welsh Revival and different revivals in the U.S. and we get really inspired and then we sort of feel like, huh, nothing's happened here that I know of or I've heard a few little rumors, but I'm not sure if it was even a good thing what I heard. So 
try to frame those ideas in this book and um, think some of the key things that you can extract from those stories of our forefathers are principles like God responds to humility. Mm. Uh, God responds to um, a contrite heart. Those that are willing to confess their sins one to another, not just hide behind facades and sort of spiritual masks, but to really be able to go deep. Um, God responds to persistent prayer that it's not just, um, you know, kind of a casual mention on occasion, but something where we really engage in, in a deeper way. Um, he responds to, to unity. He responds to, you know, the, these are the types of things. You see them biblically. You see them all through scripture. But I think having our stories to actually give us those illustrations that we can relate to. And, and in a sense, there's a, a spiritual inheritance. We can say, ah, this is actually our family's story. This is our inheritance. If we're Canadians or if we live in Canada, this is our spiritual history, and we can we can ask God to do it again. Yeah, do it again in our generation. I think we really need it right now. Yeah, I was just gonna say, boy, I think we need revival today. Today, as I think about though, and I think, okay, for for some people that are, let's call it into prayer, they'd say, yeah, let's go. But I also see so many people that struggle with prayer, and and so even I think your and my conversation right now would seem like a foreign language to them. It'd be like two techies talking about computer language. How do we get people, you know, to move from this almost fear of prayer, lack of engagement in prayer, to a place where more broadly the whole church would would not only see it as important but be willing to engage in it? Yeah, yeah, that's such a great question, and that's. That's kind of the question of the hour. I think pastors everywhere are asking that question. Um, and I think one of the first things for us to recognize is that everybody struggles with prayerlessness. Mm -hmm. um, you can look like you're the most extraordinary intercessor, but I think when it comes right down to it, this is a battle we all fight. And so I think one of the first things we need to do is just kind of get rid of that shame and get rid of that sense of guilt because um, when we start talking about prayer, those are some of the emotions that bubble up. And so people kind of shut down. And if we can just recognize, okay, we're all in this place where we're like the disciples in Luke 11, coming to Jesus, like apprentices and saying, hmm, you pray really well. <laughs> like, you're, like, this is amazing how you pray. There is this, there is this grace and there's this intimacy and this authority when you pray, Jesus. And would you, would you teach us to do it like you do it? Uh, if we can come to the Lord like that and just ask him humbly and respond obediently to the baby steps that he gives us um, and not allow the enemy to put shame on us, not allow us to come under judgments, but just to be in that place of, okay, we're going to come to Christ um, with the faith of a child. We're going to take baby steps and do what he asks us to do. And, and I would point everybody to the Lord's Prayer, because when the disciples um, in Luke 11 said, Jesus, teach us to pray, that was his response then. And I still think it would be his response today. Mm. Uh, and it's not just a beginner's prayer. It's a prayer that takes us deep into the very essence of encounter with Christ and revival. Yeah. So it's for everyone and it, you don't outgrow it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> 
You know, I was just thinking as you were talking, I was cycling once with a friend of mine who is a triathlete. Wow. And as we're cycling, he starts trying to talk me into doing a triathlon. Now, I don't run, I don't swim, you know, I hardly cycle. And he said, you know what? You just start a little bit at a time. He said, you can do it. Now, I'm not gonna take him up on that offer, but I, I, as he was saying that, I said to him, you know, that's the same way it is with prayer. Like, it's like a muscle that just needs to be exercised. And as you just take little steps, you can do more and more and it expands and it grows. So yeah, I totally yes, believe right. that. I, I would just think of the uh, story of um, Pastor Bill McLeod in, in, the, in the little book on Canadian Mantis Revival and how he just took baby steps towards prayer and leading his congregation towards prayer. And once they got started, um, one of the other things that kicked in, which I think absolutely empowers people to pray and helps people to continue going deeper is they started seeing answers to prayer. Mm -hmm. And when we pray in accordance with God's will, with faith, and we're praying, you know, kind of in alignment with his heart, then those answers start coming. And when we see answers, it really encourages us, doesn't it? Yeah, that's momentum. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you touched a bit on the Lord's Prayer. Uh, you've written a book on it. Uh, love to hear some of your highlights. What would you want people to know about the Lord's Prayer? Yeah. Well, I think, as I mentioned, I feel like it's a, a prayer for everybody. It's not just a beginner's prayer. And it's not just a kind of an index of different types of ways we can pray. Maybe you think about confession or adoration or petition. Yeah, the Lord's Prayer is not just an index. It's actually a guide. And it leads us into praying. It just actually disciples us into praying in a deeper, um, more, um, more glorious way, a way where we actually grow in our relationship with the Lord in a place of being encountered by him um, on a daily basis. I encourage everybody to pray the Lord's Prayer daily and to not just pray the words, but to pray uh, apply it into our own lives. And so if we start off with our Father who's in heaven, we can spend some time just praying into the thought that he is our Father and we need to be fathered in this time. We need the security of that. We need to feel his acceptance. We need to know that uh, all things will be well, even in the midst of, the, midst of this chaos with COVID. And we just need that sense of, of his presence and his the way that a father would. And so just moving through each petition, bringing our own hearts and lives and our own situations into it, um, it means that we're actually submitting our prayers to his leadership. We're, and we're praying in accordance with his direction. We're bringing our lives into, into his prayer. And uh, that's an incredible place of growing, but it also takes us into praying for things that we wouldn't naturally pray for. Right. Um, I don't know about you, Pastor Tim, but I don't think I would go to just naturally. I wouldn't start thinking about, oh, what sins do I need to confess on, on a daily basis if I wasn't praying the Lord's Prayer? But every time I pray the Lord's Prayer, it brings me to this forgive us our sins moment. And so it gives me an opportunity for the Holy Spirit to search my heart and just remind me of maybe a, a, a flicker of a, of a judgment or jealousy or you know, selfish acts or selfish thoughts and just bring those. So it keeps us in that place of short accounts with God 
and with one another. Um, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. That's a powerful prayer. Yeah. I often find myself, the last part of that, as we forgive others, it brings to my mind. I just start, you know, you know, people maybe that have offended me or criticized me or whatever, just I got to release them. Yeah. And that, yeah, yeah, that's been really helpful in my own prayer. So I loved how you unpacked our father. Would you take just a couple minutes on each one? Um, sure. You know, just to expand our thinking, like yeah. each each of those phrases that are there. Mm -hmm. I think um, for your folks that are familiar with scripture, um, I would just invite them to think in terms of almost like um, an expository opening up of the scripture, of the Lord's Prayer. So how are the different ways that things could be applied in you might it might remind you of different scriptures even stories uh, in scripture like for example give us this day our daily bread you know you can think of that as applied to provision which is typically how it's prayed but you can also think of it in terms of the bread of the presence and that is a very deep thought and there's something beautiful you can go to in praying for that you can take it into the idea of praying for manna and that's just not provision, but that's that was what Israel needed in terms of their entire sustenance in God, the, the miracle of that for 40 years. And so it's sort of this expansion. But if we just walked through it, I would begin with our father and just recognizing that, as I mentioned, he is our father. And so there is this immediate sense of welcome and acceptance and his tenderness to us and his his and that. That phrase is the overarching phrase for the entire prayer. And so everything else that you pray comes under that notion of he's our father. We're praying with that in mind rather than, oh, okay, we recognized you're our father, but now we are going to get all anxious because we're starting to really focus on the fact that you're the king of the earth and you're the judge and we're going to get worried about it. No, no, no. We stay in that place of he's our father and we come to him as children and and there's all kinds of um, ways that that can get unpacked in a deeper way. Lord, how how do I need to feel your fathering in areas of my anxiety, my anxiety, or my sense of feeling abandoned, my sense of isolation? You know, there's some really powerful ways that can be prayed in this hour. And I'm just sort of skimming the surface here. Hallowed be your name. Uh, what does that mean? Let your name be sanctified and lifted up. Let, let it be received as holy. His name is holy, but let it be shown as holy through our lives, through what we say, through what we do. Uh, and, and, and what I am doing, is what I'm doing bringing honor to your name, or is it bringing dishonor to your name with maybe even my social media comments? Is that hallowing your name? You know, we kind of bring those thoughts and those prayers uh, into, into that time of, of, of encounter with the Lord. We go into um, your kingdom come. And my immediate thought is, Lord, would you expand your kingdom? Would you strengthen the church? And that might be the obvious way to, prayer, but we, to pray it, but we could also think of it in terms of uh, all the different types of sort of manifestations of God's kingdom, salvations. You know, the, ex the expansion of his kingdom, healings, hearts, bodies, minds, relationships. That's all a part of how his kingdom functions. His kingdom is, is beautiful. It's full of peace and goodness. So you can just start to um, allow the Holy Spirit to expand 
how we think of these things rather than think of them in very narrow tracks. Um, your will be done. What is the will of God? Um, you might want to remember that it's his will that all men be saved, that it's his will that we love him with our whole heart, uh, soul, mind, and strength, that, that marriages be whole, that families be restored. Um, you know, these are some of the things that, that there would be unity in the church. These are clearly things that are his will. And it also is an opportunity to surrender our will, right? Um, because this is what Jesus prayed in the garden. Uh, not your will, but not my will, but yours be done. Yeah. Um, I've mentioned daily bread. Um, and that's one of my favorites. I go deep into that place. Bread of presence. The scriptures is our daily bread. The word of God is our daily bread. Open your word up to us, O God. Let it sustain us. Let the preaching of your scriptures on Sunday be full of revelation and life so that each person is strengthened with daily bread. Um, you know, I mentioned manna, this, this notion of miracles. Let us see the supernatural work of God. Um, and we, then we go into the thoughts around um, forgiveness and both in, in terms of our own personal holiness and our own sanctification, but also, um, you know, praying for that reconciliation that we would also be forgivers and that boy that let there be no bitterness or unforgiveness you mentioned pastor tim you know how you pray that and i think that's so important because often we can just sort of uh i'll just let it go but we don't actually deal with it in our hearts we don't actually go through the motion of lord that hurt me and that felt offensive but i am forgiving them so we just kind of set it aside but then when it happens again Hmm, it's got a little more oomph to it, right? <laughs> yeah, so true. <laughs> so, so we've got to go through that mode. We've got to really yeah. do that. And that, that keeps our hearts clean. Um, and then the last bits of the prayer, lead us not into temptation. Boy, I was praying that this morning and just praying that for our, our churches within Via Apostolica, which is the, the group of, of churches that I'm involved in, that we would not be formed and discipled by the thinking of the world. You know, we've got all kinds of different ideologies that are prominent now. And, yeah. and that worldly thinking can so undermine our view of who Jesus is or even our trust in him and his word. So, Lord, lead us not into temptation of, of the world. Lead us not into the temptation of the flesh. Lead us not into our own foolishness, but deliver us from evil. And the, the deliver us from evil bit is sometimes a little bit of a, of a question for people, but I, I look at it primarily as deliver us from the evil one, deliver us from the works of the enemy, deliver us not just from trials and tribulations, but actually from his active work in trying to hinder us or to, to um, lead us away from the Lord in, with all kinds of different strategies. And so it's sort of a preemptive prayer, Lord. Lord, deliver us from his strategies before they get even set in motion. And that, that saves us a lot of grief. <laughs> yeah, it's so interesting you say that because we were in a series in Genesis last year. And when we looked at the temptation, one of the things that came to my mind was we, we have no idea as we prayed that part yeah. of the Lord's Prayer, how many things we've actually been saved from being tempted in. So preemptive, I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've actually noted in my own life since I started praying the Lord's Prayer daily, which was about six years ago, um, a dramatic drop 
in spiritual warfare mm. uh, in my life personally and in my family. There's been a dramatic increase in peace and blessing. And I'm just like, wow, this is this is really, really good. There's something to that. <laughs> Amazing what happens when we pray. Hey, so one question I have on the Lord's Prayer, because I've run into this with people who say, we shouldn't have to ask the Lord for forgiveness uh, for, every, for, for anything because Jesus has forgiven us, like what he did on the cross has taken care of it all. So why are we confessing our sin? Hmm. Well, um, we confess our sins because <laughs> that is biblically correct to do that. Okay. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yes, Jesus has uh forgiven our sins in the terms of he's made he's made forgiveness available to us but we still have to ask we still have to turn and that's that's what that moment of of confession and repentance is it's taking where we've been and turning back to god and that act of repentance is um is an act that absolutely glorifies god and it brings us into a place of both cleansing and restoration, but also um, union, deeper union with Christ, because our whole goal as Christians is to become Christ-like. So that means that we need to continually turn away from selfish ways and away from worldly ways and away from the ways that the world is trying to entice us to live and the ways of our flesh. We have to keep getting uh, redirected towards Jesus and drawn towards him. It's a course correction. And if it can happen daily, it's not so traumatic. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I want to ask you, uh, in connection with prayer, the uh, idea of fasting. What is your what has been your experience been with that? And yeah, how would how would you advise believers in the area of fasting? Yeah. Well, I think fasting can be a really powerful tool that the Lord would use in in addition to prayer. Um, I think it's something that that uh, God really wants us to to use and to incorporate into our lives uh, without it becoming a uh, yeah, I think we need to be a little bit careful because it can become something that we try to do in order to sort of win God's favor or approval. It can actually fall into religious works um, if we're if we're not um, holding it in a place of care. Um, I don't know if that makes sense. I'm not no, it does. It, it does. We have we have to be careful or we're motivated by the right thing. Exactly. And and fasting can be something that we need to do um, or we, we can do. It's a way of emptying ourselves. Uh, it's a way of surrendering our will. It's a way of choosing weakness rather than it being a way to leverage God or twist his arm. It's not a um, hunger strike. It's not a way of um, kind of winning super, super spiritual points with God so that he, he gives us more power and does things that we want him to do. It's actually a, a way of surrendering to him in deeper ways. And so it's, it's probably the antithesis of what in some ways we expect it to be because we often go into something like a fast for the sake of power, but it's actually we end up going in we end up going into a fast when we do it properly for the sake of weakness and for the sake of being emptied and, and receiving 
the power of God flowing through us and moving through us. And so I would recommend fasting for everyone because I feel like that's a biblical um, invitation that we're given in Matthew. Um, but I would also recommend that we do it um, and just really do it in a way where our motives are, are, uh, are checked and our, our motives are clear that we're not trying to do a hunger strike or we're not trying to, um, you know, kind of twist God's arm into doing something that's our will rather than his. Mm-hmm. Well, that's super helpful. Um, <laughs> I would love to have you pray for all that are watching. And before we do that, is there any kind of final thing? Oh, I want to make sure I say this, that you'd love to have people hear on the subject of prayer or being married to Mike, one of the two things. <laughs> oh, both are amazing. <laughs> well, you just, scored some, you just scored some points there with your husband. That's great. Um, maybe I'll say one thing is that one of the important things about the Lord's Prayer in particular is that it gives us an opportunity to pray together across denominations uh, because it's our family prayer um, all across Christendom, all across the different traditions and streams. This one thing we can agree on, this one thing we can land on and pray deeply and pray earnestly. We're not kind of catering to somebody else's style or or kind of culture but we're actually we can all gather around and we can all play, pray it really earnestly and with our whole heart i think it's a real it's a real key for unity um for across denominations but even you know generations and ethnic groups and all kinds of different so i commend it to you <laughs> yeah that's powerful Amen. Well, I would love to pray for you. Anything particular that you'd like me to focus in on? Well, I'm just thinking, like, not just for myself or for Central Heights Church, but just for anyone who's watching. I don't know, maybe just along the lines of prayer that we would grow deeper in our relationship with God through prayer. But I also think of our partnership with God in prayer, that things, you know, you've been involved in leading a prayer movement across Canada. Uh, This is a time, I believe, when we need to dig deep um, for our nation because um, we need to go, we need God to do something that we just can't strategize you know our way to so yeah amen. thank you Sarah yeah. absolutely well father we come to you as your children uh, in the name of your son we are so thankful as Pastor Tim mentioned earlier, that we have this incredible privilege and honor of being able to come into your presence boldly. And Lord, we come in this hour of our history, in our Canadian history, where we really are quite weak, where COVID has been so hard for so many, where there's been isolation, there's been anxiety, there's been all kinds of financial hardship, and uh, it feels as though we're weakened. And yet, Lord, we know historically that it's in times of calamity and it's in times of trial uh, that your church goes deeper into the place of prayer where we don't have other options. We don't have, you know, all the 
opportunities for programs and all kinds of favor. And Lord, there's, there's limitations that have been put on us. And I feel as though this is another opportunity for us to seize the moment, which for many feels like a tribulation moment, but to seize the moment and to, uh, instead of being self-reliant and independent as we might naturally choose, uh, lean into you and become more and more dependent upon you, more and more found in the place of prayer. And so I would pray for all of those listening and all of those watching, and particularly the Central Heights congregation, that this moment historically, this cultural moment, this moment at the beginning of 2022 would become a moment where it would be as if the doors to the throne room of God swing wide, so open that there would be such a sense of invitation, such a sense of being drawn and wooed into the presence and into the place of prayer. I ask that your spirit of prayer would actually rest upon central heights. And even those that would say, well, prayer is not my thing, they would just be uh, such a, a, a welling up, a bubbling up, a drawing of the spirit by your spirit, by your presence into that place of prayer, that we would come with our needs, we would come in places where we feel raw and broken, and we would come being restored and strengthened in faith. And Lord, I pray that you would pour out upon Central Heights a spirit of prayer, that they would be like little Ebenezer Baptist that learned to pray as a community and, and really birthed to revival. I ask for your blessing that you would rest upon us, Father, and lead us, teach us, draw us into the place of prayer and intercession for the sake of your name and for the sake of the greatness of the harvest that you have desired in your heart. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you. It's been a real privilege to have a conversation with you about prayer. Oh, thanks for inviting me. It's good yeah. to see you. Yeah, it's good to see you too. And I feel inspired. Thanks so much. Okay, bless you.